According to a research study done by New Voice Media, U.S. companies lose more than $62 billion annually due to poor customer service. We can probably all think back to a time when we ordered something and it either didn't come on time, uh, it wasn't what we ordered, or the process of ordering was a confusing mess. As individual consumers, order management issues are at best incredibly annoying uh, and at worst a, a reason to swear off ordering from a particular company again in the future. But in the B2B universe, the issues caused by outdated manual ordering processes can be detrimental not only to a company's overall customer experience, but also to their profits, staff engagement, and process visibility. I'm Scott Leahy, and this is Esker On Air. Today, I'd like to welcome Nick Carpenter and Chaz Narwich, two resident experts on what it looks like when B2B companies get order management right and the pains associated with getting it wrong. Nick and Chaz, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. We're looking forward to it. So order management automation, it's probably something that not everyone has heard of. Uh, so to get us started, can you give us a, a quick overview about what order management automation is and why is it important for businesses to have? Absolutely, Scott. And if you think of it, it's really focused on how companies order from each other. Just like we go into the store and walk in and purchase a product, businesses do the same thing every day across so many different uh, product lines. And what they do typically is they're exchanging documents called purchase orders. And if I could share a story from one recent project, it might put it all together. I'm thinking of a project we did with a large global diversified manufacturer. And what they were dealing with is they were dealing with some commoditization in their industry. And it was really forcing them to innovate. Um, what they ended up looking to do was create a sustainable competitive advantage through how they did business with their customers. So for them, that looked like giving their customers three automated ways to get on time and in full orders. And what they had was EDI, e-commerce, and what they called sales order automation. They did an e-commerce project last year, and they found that it was difficult to change customer behavior and dictate how those orders came into their business. So what we ended up doing was working together and deploying Esker's AI-driven order management tool, which consolidates all order channels into one application without changing anything for how your customers are used to doing business with you. At that point, then we validate and extract the data. We use AI to cleanse the orders and clean up common issues like part numbers and unit of measures. And then, of course, offering the customer service team some massive savings in the sense of time savings in order entry times. The big picture that they called this, this entire process was transaction deflection, um, essentially, which is a fancy word for saying, let's take away all the busy work from our customer service staff and free them up to do what they're great at, which was creating memorable experiences for our customers. Their end goal was creating that emotional connection with the brand, which leads to repeat business and referrals. So it's truly amazing stuff that they're up to all through uh, just automating the order management process. Really great example there, Nick. And I was actually going to say that in a typical or in a, an ideal world, all orders that are coming into a company would be, it would be like an Amazon-like experience where the order is placed from the customer, it comes through and the materials deliver the next day, you have Prime. That's normally how it works in the B2B or the B2C world where consumers are ordering online. But as Nick was saying, the B2B world is completely different where purchase orders are coming into a company 
A lot of the time they have large customer service teams that are manually keying in these orders. And I actually had another story to share too, interestingly enough, in a different industry, more on the medical device side. A lot of the time when medical device suppliers are receiving orders, they have to key them into an ERP system manually. And a lot of the time these orders are time sensitive. So say there's an, a specific instrument that a surgeon needs to use one day and the, the hospital places an order to the med device company. And if the order takes a while to enter or if it's in, incorrectly entered into the ERP system, a lot of the time that material is not being delivered on time to that surgeon. So there's, that's a really important piece of, of order management and a reason why a lot of these, type, these companies in that industry specifically, but also in other industries with time-sensitive materials, are automating this process specifically. And so, you know, you two are, are having these types of conversations all day, every day. What are the biggest struggles that uh, order management departments are having right now? Great question, Scott. It's trying times for a lot of different companies. And I think what, what we're seeing um, from or hearing from customers in the field is that it's really varied by industry. Um, we talk with folks across so many different verticals, um, Jansan distribution, distribution general, building products manufacturers, med device manufacturing, all, you name it. And almost every single one of the my customers that I had spoken with saw an immediate dip in demand. Um, Early, earlier this year. Now, depending on the industry, it seems like some of them are bouncing back quicker than others. Um, some are even seeing a, a growth in sales. All this to say that a lot of the challenges that I'm hearing from customer service leaders are they're just busy. They're bogged down with a ton of work. Um, they might be balancing a shutdown warehouse, a closed manufacturing facility, trying to, to fill orders from warehouses across the country, you name it. Um, one distribution customer of mine actually said that we're not even able to fill every order. We have to actually prioritize which of our customers actually want to, can get their orders because we're seeing shortages from, uh, from our actual suppliers. Now, for a lot of companies that are in cost-cutting mode, often the first group that we've seen get let go is temp staff. So I think a lot of customer service managers that may have relied on temps in the past are dealing with or having to work even longer hours today, trying to balance that same amount of work with less people. Yeah, and just to kind of go off what Nick was saying there, I think that it really does matter. The, str the struggles are typically related to the type of industry that the customer is in, that the company is in. And just speaking to in a large industrial supplier, large industrial distributor, there's a couple big names of that industry, but really I was talking to the director of customer service there and her along with the digital transformation lead. And really what they were, the reason they were looking at this, the struggles they were having is that due to what's going on in the world right now, they had to make some furloughs. There were some cuts and they were trying to do more with less. So their customer service team was strapped, very, very lean operation. and Really, they were working overtime, and a lot of these customer service reps, the the larger company was smiled, was struggling because these customer service reps were struggling. They weren't having the best time at work. They were working overtime, and it was just a really big a big need to automate this area. So that's what I see is is companies that are maybe for for whatever reason they're 
their volumes are going up and as far as the amount of orders they're getting per month because they're they're becoming busier but at the same time uh, they had to f- make some furloughs and some cuts so they're trying to do more with less and you know to go along with that another another company I'm talking to right now in the in the valves and fittings industry um, there are already long lead times to get their materials delivered to their customers so in order to differentiate from the competition I think Nick kind of made made the point there there has to be a way to to differentiate where if you're supplying a commodity to a customer you have to be able to make that customer happy and retain that customer. And one way to do that is to automate this area. So yeah, those are the two two specific examples I had for the uh, the struggles that, that companies are facing right now as far as a competitive, more of a competitive environment and also trying to do more with less. Yeah, and, and what's so often a theme um, here on the podcast, but just you know anybody who might be listening, this is the reality for them. How are companies using automation to manage a remote workforce and, and an order entry team? What what are you hearing about there? Well, I think it, it certainly helps to, to augment or arm your staff with the right tools uh, to be able to do business from anywhere. And obviously, Esker can, can play a, a big part in that. I think in general, digital tools are, are helping companies use their people to the best of their ability. I think of a book um, by Cal Newport, which talked about uh, deep work and, and busy work. And I think for a lot of companies, they're, they're using digital technologies to try and free up their staff from a lot of the busy work that plagues their day on a day-to-day basis, free them up to do the deep work. Um, things like you know enhancing the customer experience, voice of customer surveys, things like that. Um, specifically, you know, I, I can think of a, one, one client that said, you know, not having Esker and trying to, to do order entry on our tiny little laptops at home um, was actually hard to imagine. So for them, Esker was a huge aid in, in transitioning to that work from home because people could be processing orders literally from anywhere. I think in general, we've even seen projects get accelerated um, in, in today's environment. I'm thinking of uh, one manufacturer of, of small hand tools and they traditionally had a paper-based process where you know customer service reps would would get an email printed off and and walk over to their computer and, and enter in the order. And when folks are at home or spread out and and socially distant all over the office, it just wasn't a process that that they could maintain going forward. So, um, kind of all over the board, Scott. But I think certainly digital tools and digital technologies are allowing people to do. Um, work from anywhere or actually the work uh, that they really want to be doing. Yeah, really good point there, Nick. And I think that a lot of the time that a lot of times customer service teams, they're overlooked when it comes to technology. I think a lot of the time there's a lot of technology investment in other parts of the, whether it's finance or HR, there's already software systems in place to help these teams eliminate the busy work and to get back to doing the deep work, as Nick had said, to be able to do that deep, meaningful work rather than keying in data into a system, into a software system or whatever it might be. And and really, I think just to go back to your question, Scott, as far as how has automation helped these remote workforces, how has it helped them to be more efficient, to be a better overall team? And it just 
there's one example that I was thinking of a, an irrigation supply company that because of their implementing Esker where before they really didn't have anything, they didn't have a, an order management system, being able to implement an order automation system, what it did is it gave more visibility between the teams and, and within the team, within the customer service team to be able to allow for that leader of that team to see, okay, hey, these are, this individual is reaching their KPIs, they're, they're processing orders and everything's going well on this end and to be able to kind of see how well her team is, is doing overall as far as order time, lead time, things like that. So increasing the visibility of the actual, the, the when an order comes in to when it leaves the warehouse, being able to see a little bit more into that and get some more reporting capabilities and to see actual metrics. I think even before there was a, a this really big shift to remote, it was a, this was a huge help to companies that just didn't have that type of visibility they were more in a siloed, I guess, you know, working out of email inboxes, individual email inboxes, and more of a siloed workforce on the customer service team. I think that being able to have that visibility is just a huge advantage. And, and now even more so, it's, it's, it's completely necessary now with the way the world is uh, going more towards remote. Yeah, and, and what do you have to say to uh, companies who feel maybe a little squeamish about taking on a big project right now, all things considered? Uh, the first thing I would say is it's a 100% a valid concern. I think it's um, there's there's always a level of risk when, when kicking off any new project, and especially one where you can't uh, shake the person's hand sitting across from you. However, I think what we're hearing from clients that have continued their projects uh, since earlier this year is that uh, they didn't really see anything that changed. Um, you know, a lot of the weekly status and, and planning calls were already done remotely. Um, and things like video conferencing and our ability to share uh, short videos via email um, are two, just two examples of how I think we're trying to ease or ease those concerns um, of a remote project kickoff. Um, but certainly what we've heard from customers is that uh, things are going well and, um, not seeing a huge change in how the actual project was delivered. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the, the technologies that you need, good, good remote video conferencing, and really the, the, the big part of implementing this type of solution and the big part of taking out on a big project and working with a project team is, is the organization of that project team and also allowing Use utilizing the technologies that are out there when it comes to being able to communicate effectively to implement that project. So I think that I think that that's the future. So being able to implement a project while remote is going to be something that's going to have to happen at some point. And really, it's all about having trust in the company that you're going to work with and establishing trust with them, establishing a good rapport with that company. And uh, that's probably more important than worrying about, oh, is it going to be remote or is it going to be on site? I think that that that, that part is, is the more important part. So working with a trusted company, an experienced company, and also an experienced project team, I think those are the more important aspects when it comes to uh, taking on a big project nowadays. Great point, Chaz. 
Well, Chaz, Nick, uh, thank you so much for sharing your expertise today. Uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us. If you are looking for more information on digital transformation in your business processes, you can find us at www.esker.com. Stay safe, everyone, and, and we'll see you next time.